Welcome to the Leadership Roundtable, a podcast with Dr. Conway Edwards, where our goal is to help you increase your leadership capacity. Let's get ready for today's episode. Welcome to the Leadership Roundtable, a podcast with Dr. Conway Edwards, where we get together every week or month and talk about how we can expand our leadership capacity. So I want to encourage you while you listen in, um, when you take a break, to go to our webpage, visit1cc.com slash leadership roundtable, where you can get the show notes and the outline of what we discussed today. Today we have Pastor Conway Edwards with us with Pastor Kertrin Wright Come from on, our church. Come on, Kurt. Here we go. Here we go. Good to be back. Here it's we go. go. Time. Today we're going to be talking about different levels of leadership. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that and figuring out which level you might be at, I might be at, um, and how we evaluate and talk about how to get to the next level. So where do we start on? Why are leadership levels so important on here? Yeah, I think um, in every organization, no matter the size of your church, you've got to discern when somebody is at their capacity and when somebody has more capacity. You've got to discern when somebody's in their leadership sweet spot and when they're in the wrong lane. And in order to do that, we've come up with a model that we think helps significantly to determine where people are in their leadership role, who can go to the next level, what are the things they need to show to get to the next level, and then how do you free people up? And then most importantly, uh, how do you lead people and how far down the pyramid does people who work with you have to be? Uh, should they be at the same level as you? Should they be at one level beneath you? Should they be at two levels? So on and so forth. And what are, the, what are some of the mistakes leaders like us often make in trying to develop leaders? And how do we help discern that and then turn that whole thing around? Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm excited about it. It's always been one of my favorite talks to do. So hope you get some value out of it today. And I mean, one of the things we hear over and over again is from people, individuals, leaders who think they should be a level or two above where they currently are. Absolutely. And this is going to help walk us through. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Well, hold on. Pastor Kurt, you've seen us do this a lot of times. You've <laughs> seen us go up and down. You've seen people come and go based on their leadership uh, trajectory. Tell us a little bit about how you've seen that work out in, in, in during the history of our church. Yeah, no, I think uh, one of the things that I was thinking about is that you really have to be able to have tough conversations with people. Oh, gosh, yes. Because <laughs> a lot of people think that they are at one place, at one level, and you have to have a conversation and let them know. You're actually not. And uh, those are times when they are tested, their maturity is tested, their yep. devotion is tested, their yep. passion is tested. And, um, and then I think the other thing is that people, um, they rise and fall. Um, to different levels. So, you know, if they're growing, mm -hmm. there's some people that have a lot of growth potential. Yeah. And so they might start off low and then all of a sudden they balloon to another level yeah. over somebody that's been there for a long time yeah. and then you get feelings hurt again. No, that's good. That's really, really good. So come on, let's yeah. jump in. What do you got, Andy? So um, as we talk about, you'll hear us talk about a pyramid that's going to be in the show notes. Uh, there's two things that are going to determine this, capacity and trajectory. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are the difference between those two things? Yeah, your capacity determines uh, how much you can handle. Your trajectory determines how far you can go up an organization. And both of them have clear markers that we can use to help people identify where they are 
and how fast they can grow up the organization. And we've learned over the time that you probably don't want to violate any of the guidelines that we set up. For example, let's jump into capacity. Uh, you know your leadership capacity. What's that determined by? It's determined by five things. Number one, your passion and drive. Either you have it or you don't. So you either have a passion for the area that you're in, the ministry that you're in, um, the, the, the content that you have mastered, a passion about it, and a drive for it. Number two, the knowledge and skill. Do you know more than most about this particular knowledge that you have in this particular field of ministry or in your organization? And then the skill level that you have to actually execute it. Number three, your emotional maturity. A lot of people fail here. Either you can handle... Um, People get being frustrated around you or people frustrating you and you have a calm demeanor that shares your true feelings yet does so in a way that honors the other person. Your number four is your cognitive ability. How good are you to solve complex problems? And then the last one is just what we call a leadership gene where something is so unique that God has endowed upon you that it is just a natural instinct and some people just have the, the leadership gift that's extraordinarily unique. So those are the five things that determine your capacity. How are you doing? How well will you do? How far will you go in terms of in that particular role are determined by those five. Let me read them again. Number one, your passion and your drive. Number two, your knowledge and your skill. Number three, your emotional maturity. Number four, your cognitive ability. And then number five, the one that uh, God handpicks for you is that leadership gift that you have. That's good. Um, so that's capacity. That's how much you can hold. I've also seen you use an umbrella before, mm-hmm. this, haven't you? Mm-hmm. How much can you hold? And then not just how much can you hold, but what's the trajectory? How high can yep. you go? What is the, the angle of your trajectory? And the first one here is how far can you see? That's right. What that means simply is uh, can you only solve your problems that you're facing today? Uh, if somebody brings some issues to you, can you can you only see through those problems or can you see five years down the road? Yeah. Can you see 10 years down the road? Can you see beyond that? I mean, all you have to know is if you if you can't solve the small problems that you have, the small issues, and you can't see beyond them and know how you're going to um, move from point A to point B to point C to point D, then you probably can't lead people yeah. to a place you have never seen. And so some people can only manage their, their finances, for example, day to day. If you can only handle that, but you can't see how you can plan to save money for a down payment on a house, how you can plan to, once you get that down payment... Yeah then interact with the bank to get a loan, so on and so forth, then you probably can't lead other people to places you've never seen or you've never been. And so this becomes a huge one uh, to analyze, to talk to, questions around this yeah. you can ask leaders hey man tell me how far in the future can you see what's your dream for this area tell me a little bit about it and if they don't know then it probably is a telltale sign they probably can't go too far up that organization or ministry that's good number two is Uh so number one how far can you see number two how many people can you handle oh gosh this is a big one again if if five people are frustrating you and you can't get your stuff done because you just can't stand these five people then what you're saying is you can't lead larger than that which is why the bible says if you can't lead your family you can't lead the the church which is why if you can't lead a family of four then how are you going to lead a church of 400 so your job is to make sure you are doing your best in learning how to lead more people and doing so. And every time somebody gives you people to lead, you should take advantage 
advantage of it and say, okay, let me see if I can get a little better here. Let me see if I can lead a little more people. How do I inspire them? How do I keep them on track? How do I have difficult conversations with them? Because if you can't do that, then you're telling your superior, you're telling your pastor, you're telling your CEO that you're not ready to take on more because wherever you are, there are usually problems that get stuck there because you can't solve them. That's good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the last one, then, then I want to I wanna have some candid conversations yeah. about this. The last one is <laughs> complexity of problems that you can handle. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Uh, if, you, if you can't handle two crying kids, then you can't handle... 30 crying kids. And so it's just the, the more people you lead, the more the problems get complex. The more yeah. they're intertwined, the more you've got to be able to see through what was the source of this one. See through where this is going to lead you if you stay on this particular pathway. And so as a leader, you've got to be able to handle a myriad of problems and some that are really, really complex that's not just a black and white, but sometimes you have to live in the gray for a long time as a leader, and you've got to know, okay, I need to offboard this person, but I probably need to do it over a year's period of time, and then I need to onboard some people. I probably need to bring them in yeah. a little bit before off. And there's just some, some issues that are so complex that you've got to be able to see through them to get to the end and then have the patience and all the fruit of the Spirit to work through those as well, so those are the three, man. That determines your trajectory. The, um, the, the, the how far you can see, how many people you can lead, and then the last one is the complexity of problems that you have. If, you, if your, trajectory, your trajectory is high, when you can do all those three extraordinarily well, but that takes years, and that takes a lot of experience to learn how to do that. Yes, I mean, my question for both of you guys is, what, mm-hmm. what does it look like when you see somebody that looks like they have the trajectory, but they're brand new, you said it takes years. Yeah. I see somebody who looks like they've got all the potential in the world. And do I throw them in? Do I take it easy? How do I manage somebody that seems like they have a high trajectory? Yeah. Um, Pastor Kurt, do you want to go first or you want me to take it first? Which one? You go first. All right. So for me, I when I get a new person that comes on, I just, I just, I just, I want to first of all watch their work ethic and their work habits and just see whether or not they're passionate about the area that we brought them on for. That's number one. Number two, then I'm trying to watch and see if they can what I call hold court. In other words, can they have ten people around them and everybody's intrigued by what they're Mm -hmm. saying? Can they even do that? Can they even have a conversation with 10 people and these people are sitting on the edge of their seat trying to listen to what they're saying and get something out of it? Then I just start throwing them some problems and seeing how they deal with it. Then I look and see whether or not they're complaining because if they're complaining, then it probably means they've reached the lid of their leadership capacity Mm -hmm. because complaining is the number one telltale sign that somebody has reached the lid. If they're complaining about people around them, if they're complaining about the task is too hard, if they complain about, I just can't do it. I don't know what to do. And they're not seeking out solutions, but they're complaining about the problems. Then they're telling you they're probably not going to go far up the organization, mm-hmm. which therefore means it's your job to then determine where is the best place for them to be? What do they love to do? And then provide over time places where they get the opportunity to develop those gifts and abilities. So what I'm looking at is I'm giving them more people to lead. Can they do it? Do they know what to do? I'm looking at them. Can I give them complex problems? Do they know how to handle it? I know they look at it from A to Z. And then I'm trying to hear their vision of where they're taking the ministry, where they're taking the church, where they're taking sometimes even their own personal 
lives. So that's some of the things I look at, Pastor Matt, just to see whether or not they can. And this is never a personal conversation. It's just observation, mm -hmm. which leads to um, clarifying where they might best fit in the church, in the organization, or at the company. Pastor Kurt, what do you got? Yeah, I think the the underlying thing is that it's, it's highly relational. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, as a leader, you got to recognize this. This is you spend time with these people yeah. and you've got to see them. You got to go through problems. You've got to see them in um, a leadership capacity to be able to evaluate that. And then sometimes it's just the casual talking when, when you, when you're away from, you know, whatever just happened and then you're just hearing from them, the complaining, they yeah. might not, they might not be sharing it in the moment, but once you have a, a side moment with them or you're hanging out, then that's when it just starts to erupt. And then you, you realize, okay, this this is what I really have. Like the yeah. the jack comes out of the box. Yes. yes um, so yes. You're, you're looking for those. Sometimes you can create it. You know, you can turn that thing and just crank it up and just see what pops out. So you're creating that environment, that intense environment intentionally to see what's what's in there. But sometimes the Lord provides. And so, um, you know, even right now, so I've got, you know, COVID for a lot of us has meant a restart. And mm -hmm. so now you've got this whole crop of new volunteers and you don't know what you got yet. And yeah. so the temptation is to try to pre-anoint people. Like they look good. You hung out with them a little mm -hmm. bit and you're like, okay, you're clearly a leader. And that's the temptation just to go ahead and anoint them. But you got to spend some time with them. You got to go through some stuff before you can actually appoint them as a leader. That's a good word. Pre, pre Pre-anoint them. I like that. Pre-anoint. Pre when the resume looks good, let's mm. just pre-anoint them. That's mm. all that is, pre-anointing. Mm. That's a whole other talk of when somebody talks the talk. Oh, gosh, uh, yes. How do you know if they can actually do it? And it's yeah. relational. Like mm -hmm. you said, it's it's can you hold court? Can, I don't care what you say. Right. Can you get in front of people and lead? It comes down to building Well, here's another thing you can do, too. This this is really helpful for me. Whenever you're hiring somebody for something, just ask them, hey, man, tell me how the first two years would be. Tell me what your vision is for this. Tell me what you want to see happen. And, and you just ask them to show me the vision of it. Then you say, okay, let me throw some problems at you. How would you solve these problems? And you just create a scenario because if they can't talk it through in their minds, mm -hmm then they probably can't do it, which means you're hiring somebody that you're going to have to coach the whole way through. Another way to look at it is don't hire them unless they've done it somewhere else. Mm -hmm. If they haven't done it somewhere else, then what are you bringing them on staff for? If you do, no problem, but just know they're going to take, you're going to have to develop them all along the way, which is great, but it's going to take time away from you where you could be doing what you your job is and what you love to do. Yeah, now we're going to jump into what these actual levels are, I mm -hmm. promise. But as the leader, you, you also don't want to focus all of this energy on others. You got to ask yourself, am I the person that we're talking about here too? That's good. When That's some excellent. challenging situation is brought to me, do I ask why or do I ask why not? Mm -hmm. and, and is it me that's holding whatever the organization or group or ministry back? And that's what these levels are going to be about is trying to honestly decide where we are on here, where our team is, where that's leaders good. are. And... Um, here we go. We've got uh, about seven levels yes, on sir. this chart. And I love because it talks about each level. And then when we talked about vision, how far you can see, each one of these has a vision. Yep. The kind of person who can see yep. this far in front is this kind of leader. So the first one is self. I'm going to go ahead and read it. Leading yourself to get direct tasks accomplished. Your working vision is one day... <laughs> 
<laughs> to three months. <laughs> well, if you, the hardest part to lead in leadership is yourself. Amen. If you can't lead yourself, then I promise yes. you, I promise you, you're going to have difficulty leading other people, which, which is why yeah, leading self means can you get your day-to-day activities done? Uh, can you get all your chores that you have done? Can you, it's just, you know, it's just a teenage boy, man. Can you, can you get your stuff done? If you can't, it means you can't lead. At least you can't lead yourself, which means you probably can't lead anybody else. So the idea here is, can you set up that you want to buy, you want to buy, you know, some fancy garment that you have or some tennis shoes? And can you set up that I'm gonna, I need to save X amount for the next three months to get it done? If you can't see and walk through that and get it done, then you probably cannot lead yourself, which means that's probably the level you're at because you're struggling with it and you can't yeah. go any further. Let's go ahead to the next level. That yep. one's a little too convicting. Uh, overse- <laughs> supervisory, <laughs> overseeing. Those who do direct tasks to keep them organized and productive. Your working vision is three months to a year out in front. Gotcha. So now you have some people that are under you. So now you've got the people who can't lead themselves under you. So now can you inspire, motivate them to get particular tasks done? If you can, and if you can set clear direction, clear vision for a year, and ask them to do their part and show them how what they do every month is going to contribute to what we get done in the, at the end of the year, which means you might get a bonus at the end of the year, depending on if you do it. And however you want to use to influence them to get it done, that's what you have to do. The challenge here is, can you do that, though? Can you break it up into parts yeah. so that people know, I've got to hit this number, I've got to hit this goal by the end of January, by the end of February, by the end of August, by the end of uh, October, so that at the end of December, everybody's on the same page. We can celebrate on a, as a team. Mission accomplished. We got it done. All right. It gets better from here. After self supervisor is then manager. Hold on. It looks like Pastor Kurt wanted to He's say something. Yeah, I want to jump in real quick. Supervisory. I think that you got to understand that. I mean, and we start from the bottom, so you can't see our our visuals here. But the self is at the bottom of the pyramid, mm-hmm. and then we're working our way up. And so the self sets that foundation for you to move into that supervisory level. Now that's important. One of the things that we we say all the time is speed of the leader speed of the team. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so people have to look to you to be an example. Um, How you are able to handle your house, handle yourself. If you're late all the time, guess what? They're going to be late all the time. You don't don't turn in your assignments on time. They're not going to turn in the assignments that you give Mm -hmm. them on time. So that's what we mean by speed of leader, speed of the team. Another way to say it, Pastor Kurt, is it has to be in you before it's in them. Mm -hmm. If it's not in you, it won't be in them. That's the idea behind it. All right, number three, Pastor Matt. Good. The manager. Here we the go. The manager. Leading, Complexity. Here we go. Leading a ministry area or small business, meaning you can handle 100 to 200 people, and your working vision is one to two years. My God. Now, now it's not just individuals that you're leading. Now you're leading teams. So now you've got somebody that's over one particular ministry or one segment of the organization, and you have maybe five segments that you're over. So each segment has each, each ministry area has 20 people in each. So now you have team leaders of each of those 20 that you have to report to. Now the problems get more complex. So now you're meeting with the five team leaders who are then meeting with their teams who are then trying to get it done. And now your job is to inspire those team leaders to inspire their leaders to accomplish the task. Now you have uh, people problems that show up. Now you have supply chain problems that show up. Now you have attitudinal behavior that shows up. Now you have character flaws that show up. Now you have all these different problems. So now the question is, can you deal with all these problems all at the same time 
and still hit your goals and your objectives at the end of the day. It just got crazy. By the way, you still got a family to take care of. You still got your kids to take care of. So now it is, can I handle uh, the weight as it increases? And do I know how to inspire the people closest to me to accomplish the job that needs to get done? That's really good. Mm -mm. Uh, manager then goes to executive. Leading a large ministry department or mid-sized oh, business up to a thousand people working vision two to five years, um, leading a ministry department. So now you've got multiple areas, multiple business units, thousand plus people, mm. uh, and you can see a couple years plus. In That's exactly right. So now, um, let's say you, you just got on, on the team and now it's, uh, it's not a good team and you have to turn the team around. Well, because of how many people it is, you can't just say, this is where we're going. Let's turn it around. Now you've got to have um, progress reports. So now you have to say, okay, I've got five departments I'm over. Now I've got to talk to these five departments. Do I have to ask one of them to come off the team and inspire them by giving them a package? And do I have to bring people? No, you have to go hire somebody to bring in. That's really good. That can help you accomplish the goal and turn around the department or turn around the whole team or the team that is across you know all of america all of the country so maybe you have 10 different teams and they're over each area mm -hmm. and now your job it is to inspire those That's people good. but sometimes you have to turn it around sometimes you have to scale it up sometimes you have to maintain a great company it doesn't matter you've got to assess the season you're in determine if you're the right leader to be in that season and then begin the process mm -hmm. of then working out here's the goal we're setting i think we can get there in two and a half years first year we've got to become healthy again second year we have to start growing again the third the third half a year we have to now scale to a whole another level but that's a three-year process i need you to help me process that really well so that you can inspire your people to get it done now the problems are really really complex yeah that and this these 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 different levels on the pyramid are great to look at they don't always um go specifically with a title at a church Correct. or a role. Correct. But a couple of years ago, maybe three plus years ago, I was talking to a, a pastor of a church. It was a, a church, 100 to 200 people. Mm -hmm. And he was telling me that his next hire was going to be, his first hire and his next hire was going to be an executive pastor. Correct. And um, to me, that I wouldn't sounded tell you. a little bit out of place. I think it would be out of place, too. I think it would be not a lot out of place <laughs> if your first hire is your executive pastor. It sounds like there's some work you don't want to do, so therefore you're saying, let's give it to somebody else. No, that wouldn't be your first. That's never your first hire. Yeah. Your first hire is at the supervisory level to get some people to handle the different ministry areas, mm -hmm. and they all report to you still until you get to a significant amount. I would probably say 800 and above. Yeah, we might think we can shortcut this sometimes, and, yeah. and it's just not going to work. You yeah. have to achieve all these. Really uh, the next one is, and these these really go hand in like self is similar to a volunteer, mm -hmm. supervisors like a team leader, yep. Ma managers like a ministry leader, then yep. department leader, then an organizational would be like a campus pastor or a pastor Correct. of a church. Correct. Being a CEO of a large organization or pastoring, your working vision is five years. Now, there you go. So now you've got to think, okay, 
We've got to turn this thing around. Uh, we have a five-year view. We know that technology is changing rapidly, but we still have to figure out where we're trying to go and then give yourself the runway to get there, which means now you've got to look at what we're trying to get done the first year, second year, third year, fourth year, fifth year. Yeah. Then you've got to look at do I have the right, the right team around me, closest to me to get that done. Then you've got to look at do they have the right team around them to get it done. Then you've got to look at do we have the right resources and funds to get the right people to get it done. Then you've got to look at what are our stakeholders want. And if it's an organization, if it's a church, you've got to look at what's the best for the people that are in the church and what's the best yeah. for the community that we're in. So now the problems just get so much more complex. Now you've got to look at what's the rhythm the church needs to have and what's that rhythm look like. For our church, we have our attract, attach, adore, align rhythm. So somewhere in that year, we're dealing with one of those. Well, depending on where the church is and the season it's in, then we might have more attract season and less align season, depending on what's going on. So your job now is to think syst systematically at where are you going ultimately, what's driving us, which is our vision, and then number two, what are the systems that we need to have in place so that it can help us get where we're going quicker than we've ever gotten there before. Pastor Kurt, you were, a, you were a campus pastor one time. Tell us a little bit about your experience with these five levels. What are you thinking? Yeah, so, and, and I actually have a, a question. So, because I think a lot of times when we're thinking about this, um, we're thinking of like a founder. So mm -hmm. someone that is kind of growing a ministry. Mm -hmm. And so you're starting off and you're a supervisor, then you grow it to the manager, then you grow it to the executive. But that's not always the case for everybody. So you might start off at a church that is at 400, but then you might go to a church that's at 1,000, that's mm -hmm. at 2,000. Mm -hmm. And so how do you know... Well, I guess my question more is, do you have to master those lower levels first in order to get to the upper level, or can you skip some levels? Maybe you are more of a manager than you are a supervisor, more of an executive, and you don't really master, or do you need to take your time and work through each level? So I believe that you have to understand each level. So even if you're going to skip a level, you still have to understand what happens at that level because it's a building block. If you don't know how to do one, then it's going to be harder to do the next. And so, yes, I think you can skip a level, but you better have the intellectual ability to understand what happens at that level because you're going to have to lead somebody at that level oftentimes. So if you don't know what's at that level, then what's going to happen to you is you're going to, you're going to skip a level and get on to a lower level, which means you're probably not leading well because now you're doing too much work mm. because you're doing the work of somebody yeah. that should be at the level right beneath you so that you're not doing your work, the, the level beneath you, and the other person's work. And because we love to have people around us that are likable, easy to lead, oftentimes we're bringing people around us that are not good at what they do. You do your work and their work, and then you end up wondering, why we're not, why we're not moving the ball forward? It's because you're doing too much work because you have incompetent people around you that you have to think for them and think for you to get their job done. Does it make sense? Yep. All right, let's keep it going. Everybody. All right, the two higher levels on here. Lord um, the next one is corporate. This is number six. Corporate is like a bishop uh, leading multiple organizations under one or more corporations with national influence. Jesus. Your vision is five plus years. 
Bishop, we're going a little now, Catholic now, there, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. A little Catholic, a little Kojic, maybe. Kojic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and there, the idea is it just gets more complex. Now you're not over one church. Now you're over a ton of churches. Now you have pastors coming to you, reporting to you, and you've got to manage what's going on there. Now you have to have denomina- denominational uh, influence and direction and vision. Where are where are all our churches struggling? What's the problems they're facing? How do we address these problems in our church so that we can thrive forward? Those are no, so it's no longer one set of people. Now you've got people in different parts of the country, people in different, um, some in cities, some in the country, completely complex issues that now you've got to help set direction, support, motivate, inspire people to get to it. It just gets more complex the higher you go, which is why there are not a lot of people that can do this well. And if you're just mm-hmm. doing it for money, then I get it. But if you really want to move the ball forward, then it takes a whole lot of leadership acumen to pull it off. Mm-hmm. All right, the last one oh, is gosh, global. Just, we don't need to even spend a lot of time That's on exactly that. right, because um, your, head, your head will begin to hurt you at optimum levels at this one. I'm just going to read it. Yep. <laughs> Leading from a perspective that considers global, multinational factors, your working vision is 20 plus years. Oh, my God. Who can think that long? Mm. Who can vision cast for 20 years? Okay. Yet still, there are a lot of great leaders that do it. But this one is complex because now it's not just one country. It's international. So now you have the laws of that country you have to deal with. Now you have the norms that mm. that country you have to deal with. Now you have the different values of that country that you have to deal with. And when you make, when you make 5, 10, 15, 20 different countries, now the complexity of these issues just skyrocket real hard. How are we going to lead them? How does it differ from one organization to the next? It becomes brutally difficult to lead, which is why at that level, you're not, nothing changes easily. It is a 20, 10 to 20-year vision that you have to say, here's where we want to be. Let's see if we can turn this ship around and move toward our goal in, in 10, 15, 20 years, which means now you're not planning for just one year. Now you're planning for about five years at a time. Can we get here in five years? Who are the key leaders we need to get on our team to get there in five mm-hmm. years? How do, we, how do we filter values all the way down the organization? What can be uh, worldwide values organizationally yeah. or localized values depending on the country that you're in? It now becomes incredibly That's complex. That's big. Now, well, okay, we've been through these levels. I think Pastor Kurt and myself probably want to ask you some questions. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you a question. What happens when you look at somebody on your team and they're mm. either in a position higher than where they really are oh, or a position lower? Mm. So you've got somebody who, oh, they, they're, they're two levels above. Yeah. What's the situation? Or they're two levels below. <laughs> well, well, that's what the issues are on the side where it says problems that arise. If you're looking in your show notes and you're walking us with it, it says people work in positions below their leadership capacity. In other words, you have a high capacity, but they're putting you at a low level. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. All that means is you get bored because you can do more. Your brain's working more, but they want to keep you where you are, which means as a healthy employee, you stay there to be faithful if you want to. And then number two, you work on something that you're working on to better yourself so that you're ready for the next role. The second one says people work in positions 
above their leadership capacity, which means now they're going to get burned out, now they're going to start complaining, now they're going to say the church is wicked to me, now they're going to say all of that, right? Because you have misdiagnosed their leadership capacity and you have asked them to do things that they really don't have the capability or the time to do. Now you have frustrated people and then everybody under them are going to be frustrated. And the reason most of us do this is because we hire in a crisis or we bring volunteers on in a crisis or because we decided that we like these people, mm -hmm. and so since we like them, we should put them there. Or lastly, because we love loyalty more than effectiveness. Mm -hmm. So now this person is loyal. They're not going to stab me in the back. So therefore, let me just put them in the place as opposed to finding the right place for them to be and then making sure they have the ability and the capability to pull it off and then putting them there. So those two are massive, and a lot of churches, a lot of churches what we have a tendency to do is get people in and then put them in a role as opposed to make sure they are exactly suited and gifted for it. We got to pause right there. All right, go ahead. Something happened in the last minute where you kind of sat forward. Oh, jeez. And Jesus. felt Jesus. a little more extra Animated. coming into the yes, conversation. Because I've just seen this. I've, seen, I've just seen, I've seen it. Almost every church I go to, i just seen it. I said, you, you, the pastor just like you. That's why you got that position. You can't do the job. He, they just know you won't stab them in the back. I just see it so many times. And, and and we have the tendency of doing it too. When you get somebody that you just want to fill a slot in, here we go everybody bring them in let's go happens all the time and as leaders we've got to realize what we're doing we're actually hurting the person yeah and everybody under that yep. person we just all are right. all right now the third one pastor matt is a pretty fascinating one people are placed in positions above others that don't have leadership capacity one mm -hmm. full level above those they're leading in other words here's what we're saying um um, if you're an organizational leader, uh, we usually have a tendency to either bring another organizational leader beside them and say, I want that person to work for you, which means there's going to be conflict and fights, or you don't have one full level above them, which means now you have somebody that is either above them working for them, on the side working for them, and ultimately it causes problems because you can't lead them well. Talk to me about this, gentlemen. Where have you seen this? How have you seen this? How has it been a problem uh, in your eyes? Either one of you. What do you got? Well, I've seen a lot. I mean, I think that a lot. Oftentimes we have, you know, people, um, and they, they, they really will show that they're frustrated. Mm -hmm. They're frustrated because the person ben uh, that's supposed to be their leader is really beneath them. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you know, they're in that position because the pastor likes them or, you know, for whatever reason, they're, you know, friend of the fan, whatever it is. And so, again, it comes back to tough conversations yeah. um, and allowing that person to lead. Now, I've been in positions, too, where I've, I've noted, um, you know, I used to be the life group um, pastor here. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I would interview, um, this is actually the story of Crystal. Mm -hmm. So I, I was interviewing people and meeting them uh, for life group leadership. And one of, the, one of our staff members, I, I met her and I was like, oh, my gosh. She's a superstar. Yeah. Like, I can't, she, I can't leave her. Like, I need to. So I took her immediately to pastor and said, hey, you know, I just need to meet. You need to meet this person. I, I don't know what she's going to do, but she's something special. Yeah. And so we need to always be cultivating talent. When you see someone that you know that That's you're good. just not able really to lead good. them, 
take them up to the next level. It doesn't say anything bad about you. 100%. It says something great about you, that you're trying to, you're doing the best for that person and also the best for the body of Christ. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, I mean, That's that right. plays out all the time. I've seen that happen. And what if you are a leader and you have somebody that comes, you know, you're a good manager. And, and there's nothing right or wrong with any of these. It's just sure. knowing where you are. And, and appreciating what God's given you. Yes, That's and stewarding it. it well. That's exactly right. And maybe you're a manager and somebody comes on your team and they're the CEO of an organization. Yep. And you sit down and you just realize all, all of a sudden, oh my gosh. They're so far above where I'm at in many of these levels. Or maybe they're uh, a a professional athlete, and they've got influence way above what your influence is. Mm -hmm. Or whatever it is, you come and you've got somebody that comes in underneath of you. What do you then do as a pastor, as a leader? Um, You can take them to your leader, but what do you do? Because the tendency to some is try to... Mm, I'm going to keep them with me. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't see, I mean, if it depends on what the person wants to do. If you're always starting with the person, the volunteer, the staff member, whatever, yeah. and you find out what they are passionate about, mm-hmm. then you're always in the right direction. So if they yeah. want to do something that's not in your area, then you release them. If they want to do something in your area, then what I would do is say, okay, yeah, I would love you to mentor kids. Okay, cool. Let's do that. And then you can help me become a better leader and help me pro- uh, process where we need to go, what are the things we need to think about, and they can be your coach, and you can, you can after a season of faithfulness, you can, they can be your coach ultimately and help you lead better. It doesn't have to be sometimes that you take them to the next person. You've got to start with what the person desires and feel called by God to do. That makes sense, everybody? Okay, let's go to the last one. Last one says, people, think, people work in positions where the people they lead are more than one full level below them. Oh. This is the one that 90, uh, lots of pastors Easy. do. Lots of people do where, where you are the executive and you, you have people around you that can only lead themselves, which means they're one, two, three. Three levels beneath you because you just want a warm body around you. And so, oh, yeah, let's yeah, go make these phone calls. Yeah, go file these papers. Yeah, they can't lead anybody. So guess what you do? You give them a project to run. Hey, go do VBS this year. But they can't because they can't even lead themselves. So what you're going to do? They're going to come and ask you questions like, how many people you want to be there? Um, what do you want to see happen? Do you want one person to be singing or two people to be singing? Do you, that's the... You've got the wrong person. <laughs> Find the person that can pull it off where all they're going to ask you is give them the vision. You give them the vision. They'll give you updates along the way. And, and then you can inspire, motivate, and applaud their great job that they're doing. But the way to know that they can do that is if they've done it before. If they haven't done it before, it means they're usually going to be one or two levels beneath you, which means at least the first year, you're going to do way more than just your assignment. You're going to be your assignment, the person beneath your assignment, the person beneath them assignment, and the other person that's in front of your assignment, which is waste of time and resources and not good stewardship. Mm. Oh, my God. Mm. Help us, Jesus. You just you lean forward again. <laughs> so let me ask you, when that okay, happens to you, how does that, I mean, when that happens to the leader, mm-hmm. how does that make you feel? What emotions rise up in you? Well, it depends. It depends. If I've told the leader over and over again and try to coach them and they still do it, then really what they're telling me, Pastor Matt, is I, I can't lead people mm-hmm. at, at one level beneath me, which probably is a telltale sign that they're not at the level I think they're at. They're probably at a level below, which is why they can't attract people one level beneath them. 
So it really is a, it's telling me that it's a capacity and a trajectory issue. Mm -hmm. And I probably need to have a dialogue and find somebody above them to fill that role and then find all the people beneath them. I got two comments just right. real quick. So one is, and this is more of a question too. So why, do, if you're a pastor and you have that issue, why do you keep those people around you? My because, Pastor Kurt, it's peaceful. Yes. It's no drama. Everybody loves me when yep. I keep everybody around and the ship is not unstable. But once I start moving people, then people are going to say, well, what's wrong? Why they have to go? Are y'all hiding something? What? And then and then here you go, man. It's just it's just all the, it, the organization people just love peace. Mm -hmm. And that's usually what happens. And so then the next thing is the pastor who's probably afraid mm -hmm. of the backlash from allowing somebody to leave or paying them well as they leave or whatever, because then the problem is going to be now they have to answer a lot of questions that they don't want to ask. Mm -hmm. So usually it's an insecurity issue and a lack of courage absolutely, issue. Absolutely, absolutely. So the other thing I've noticed is when you get someone that is in that position right below you and they're doing a great job, my personal observation is then now you're starting to create a culture where more of those people 100%. want to be in that environment. But Correct. when you stay with those people to levels, then that's the people you're going to attract because that's the environment you're creating. And when, when they're two levels <laughs> below and they see somebody that's actually knocking out the park, then they either up their game yeah. or they get off the bus. Because they know they can't keep up. I can talk about this for so long, such a long time. And I can, I mean, there are so many mistakes we have made, so many mistakes I have made in, in bringing people on and then them staying too long. And they couldn't lead beneath them, so the job never got done. But because of my own insecurity and I wanted to be a developer of people and I'm going to help you get there, then you try to be the hero instead of letting Jesus be the star and the hero and then realizing that this person just literally can't get the job done. Therefore, We've got to have that tough conversation that you love to talk about. <laughs> Woo! So, where do we go from here? Oh, gosh. For the leader listening in, mm -hmm. we've got these levels. How and where do we start evaluating where we are on this? Well, I think the first thing you do is you... Uh, start evaluating yourself. Mm -hmm. What kind of leader are you? Mm -hmm. Are you, what kind of capacity do you have? Are you passionate? Are you knowledgeable, emotionally mature? Do you have the cognitive ability to handle it? If you do, then you have to start asking about the people, the five closest people to you that's helping you move the organization or the church on. Do I have the right five people in the seat? Because the five closest people to you is determining whether you're getting your stuff done or not. If you're not getting it done, it means you have the wrong five. And so you need to then have some tough conversations. If you don't want to have those tough conversations, it means you're the wrong one. And so therefore, you probably need to evaluate if you need to go somewhere else. I know none of that's encouraging, but that's the hard conversation you need to have with yourself and with the people closest to you. And then you just need to bathe it in prayer and ask God to help you to have the courage, the boldness, and the faith to do what needs to be done to move the ball forward. Because yeah. as we are... Um, uh, getting okay with the status quo, people are still going to a crisis eternity because we're not doing what God's called us to do. So if you're a leader and you want to get better, mm -hmm. you want to work your way up, um, what are some of the tools that you can use to do that? Now, I've been here and I've seen you grow and grow and grow and grow. Um, one of the things I've always noticed is that you always have um, a mentor that's a couple rungs up, maybe two, three rungs up 
above you that you are meeting with. Mm -hmm. um, you want to talk about that and maybe some other yeah. tools? Yeah, uh, I just think that you can't, um, if you're on the cutting edge and trying to do things that nobody has ever done, you, you can't get there with the current knowledge you have. So you you got to have people who are ahead of you that can look at your situation, and because they've been there, they can tell you two things, yeah. and it unlocks something that you were stuck in for for a year. But And so one, yes, Pastor Kurt, I'd highly recommend that you always have to have somebody a little above you um, because they need to help you go to the next level. And and most of the time, if you want that person's time, you're going to have to pay them for it. And, and not because they're money hungry, but because they have stuff to do. Yeah. And if they're going to take time out of their schedules to do it, then the least you can do is honor them by honoring their time. And I think it's a God-honoring thing to do. So that's one thing. The next thing is just getting better at what you do as a leader. Getting better. So if that means you've got to read, you've got to listen, you've got to be an ongoing, continuous learner to figure out how we can pull this off for the glory of God. But that's, that's your assignment. How do, we, how do we individually ask God to help us get better and steward the gift he's given us? Mm -hmm. Make sense? That's yeah. good. I mean, it sounds like you're walking through our capacity. That's right. Increase your passion, mm -hmm. your knowledge and skill, your emotional maturity. You can work on all of these things. Absolutely. The leadership gene, you might not have that gene, but you can still develop and learn leadership Absolutely. skills. So it's how can I work on these, and that was what will help me propel up the The, 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 the thing I want to talk about, Pastor Matt, is I want to talk to the young leader today that's listening. If you're a youth pastor, if you're a children's pastor, if you're a young adult pastor, if you're if you're, you know, 16, 17, 18, all the way up to 35 before you get to 40, I'm just telling you, man, you want to ask for the big things. Ask to lead as many people. Tell them, coach, put me in. Go serve mm. somebody. Mm. Let mm. them, ask them to give you the opportunity to show what you can do. Here's why. This is so important. Because you get to do it when all the weight is not on you. Mm -hmm. So you get to just try your gifts. You get to Amen. see how far you can see. You get to see how many people you can work with and lead and develop. You, you get to do these things. Somebody else is paying you for all the mistakes you're going to make early. Mm -hmm. So yeah. why wouldn't you? Don't go to some place. You're going to sit down and come on. Jump in the game. Sharpen your leadership saw so that you really get to discern before you get to 40 what you really can do and you get to learn mistakes, things you should never do again, things you should continue doing. Your assignment is ask the coach to put you in. Ask your superior to put you in. Ask your CEO to put you in. And the way you do that is by just saying, if you ever have a project that you that you that you're that you cramped on time with, I'd love to help. Anytime I just be, let my name be the first name you call and I promise you I'll give you everything I got mm -hmm. to try to help ease your load. That's how you get great leaders to mm -hmm. come alongside you and help you out. That's good. Is that all right? That's good. Hope this was helpful, everybody. Really do hope it was helpful. Yes. Great time for you to evaluate where you are. Go back, review through this for yourself, for your team. Um, you can get this all on our webpage. Visit 1cc.com slash leadership roundtable where you can follow us along this pyramid. And leaders, this is the challenge for us to increase our capacity in everything we do. Because when we do that, it's going to make all of those around us better. So we want to thank you. We're grateful that you hung out with us today. Thank you, Pastor Conway, Pastor Kirtran. Come on, Pastor It's been great. We look forward to seeing you again next month. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today. It has been an honor to have you here with us. Now, just want to remind you that all of the resources we talked about today are available online at visit1cc.com slash leadership roundtable. Now, if this has been helpful, leave us a review, go out there and hit subscribe, and more importantly, share this with your team so that everybody can grow. We can't wait to see you next time.